0: Creative Company is so delicious, and the creative process is one of my favorite subjects. How humans can create something out of nothing is wildly exciting to me, and one of the best ways I love to spend my time is writing and recording my songs. Danny Moe has been a friend of mine for a long, long time at Berkeley. He's a bass player He plays with the Calypso Hurricane Band. He's a bass player for James Montgomery Blues Band. He played with John Pousset Dart. He's played with Bo Diddley and Robin Ford and James Cotton and Paula Abdul. He's the author of Instant Bass and Essential Rock Grooves for Bass. He plays on a couple of my songs, the secret quantum song, Thank You, and Beautiful
1: Vision. Danny. Yeah, you know, I was thinking of setting up outside. I should have.
0: You could if you'd like to. <laughs> I you couldn't decide. And then I'm scrambling, like, can I do this? It's like, yeah, you can.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to, it's so pretty out there. It looks I pretty You, Man.
0: Yeah. How are you doing, my cool friend?
1: Excellent. You excellent. are excellent. You're probably like my favorite Berkeley teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I was going back to uh, wh- where we, where we met. Uh, and, and we both have that mutual affinity. Do you remember? No. (laughs) It it was, um, I don't know exactly. We must've met at some meeting and, and heard each other speak. And then subsequent to that, we ran into each other. I think I was leaving Whole Foods and you were going the other way on whatever street that is. And we said hello to each other. I said, wow. And we, and, and we both, you know, we, we loved each other. And, and uh, you remember, it was like a long time. Because we had both <laughs> from the same place at that meeting. must have been a controversial subject or something. About. Well, they
0: always have those between the instrumental departments and the ensemble department. And yeah, it probably was one of those.
1: I, I just want to show you something funny because um, you got to be quiet. <laughs> he's out he's at, totally at, out at Tosh the Basset Hound all right yeah so he's, he's asleep that's awesome because <laughs> I've been teaching I taught two lessons already this morning you know and I have I have these students from um, California so it's it's early for them but they get up man and we, Good. we work on stuff and it's just that's so excellent I'm not on campus this summer first summer in, um, in uh, either 36 or 37 years that I have not taught on campus. And I'm really digging. We're just down here on the Cape and- Oh, that's beautiful. same <laughs> place that I visited- uh, Yes. Studio is, yeah? Yes. Perfect.
0: Nice. Yeah. I've been noticing so many cool little instruments in all your videos. I think it's so great that you allow yourself to explore and buy fun things and, and, and play all these cool yeah, things I, like some of them are behind you there
1: yeah the, um the company UBase or kala kayla
0: yeah yeah
1: they they send me stuff they made me a, an a, uh, an ambassador so they send me cool instruments they they sound wonderful they're fat sounding and i know I a bunch of fenders and i have a the company Schechter sent me a couple of basses. Uh, they're very beautiful, like five strings. And i, I do not not typically a five string player, but like, man, this morning, one of my students um, needed to learn that beautiful Whitney Houston ballad, Saving All My Love For You, and we worked on it. And the bass part, is, it's probably this guy, Ricky Miner, who was her musical director for a long time. He played a five string on it. So I broke out the, the Schechter and it's just a whole nother world. But i think maybe the last time i was by you we had the old the old sixty uh, five p base is always plugged in <laughs> and and uh going ready through, to go. going through the avalon u five as as uh who is your is it your uh, who's eden's father um uh pazzarelli um oh Kenny passerelli? No, um, Eden. Eden, I think he must be your cousin. Um, oh, Eden. Ricardo. Ricardo, I'm spacing out. Ricardo, Ricardo always liked the Avalon. I, I like. Nice, him. yeah, yeah. Do you have an Avalon? <laughs> I don't. Oh man, you should get one. I know. There's yeah. so many things
0: I should get, right?
1: <laughs> oh, I've been watching. I've been watching some of your interviews. And um, you interviewed uh, recently. Uh, he's a producer. He has a, a, a lot, a lot of wonderful big credits. Uh,
0: Matt, Matt Rufino?
1: Yeah, right. And I like, I like what he was saying. Maybe both of you agreed that despite all the gear that you have, it's not <laughs> about the gear. Yeah, it's about the song. So,
0: well, that's what I love so much about your playing is your touch, and a lot of folks. Are playing bass and guitar so furiously that they only know like one energy, one absolutely strong. Got to get it beefy, and they overstrike the strings. And that attack is everything. If you if you blow the attack, you've lost your tone. You've lost your ability to control it. it, it it's just flabby and. Sp- you know, splashing around these strings that sound like rubber bands and whether you're using a pick of your fingers, it's only one emotion. And it's a, it's a, it's a sad thing (laughs) to only play one way.
1: (laughs) Tone is pretty important. So yeah, but it takes, it takes, I mean, you and I, you know, we teach, but we're also inveterate students. So you're always working on your tone. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, Carol Kay, were you, were you there when she. Yes, I was. So it was either 1999 or 2000. And after she left, I went to whatever music store we had down the street then LaSalle or Wurlitzer or I don't know if Guitar Center was in town yet. Not yet. And they actually had a set of Tomastic strings, which of the kind that she brought with her at school. And so for, for, say it was 2000, for 23 years, <laughs> those strings have been on here. And, and, you know, it's just like. I know you never have to change bass strings, not really. <laughs> you don't even have to tune them. It's like.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just right there. It's right so there. great. You know, speaking of five string, I remember recording my song, The Dreams I'm Living For. And it's in an open tuning, which gives me open strings in C sharp minor, which was just so fun. And I needed a low C sharp, and I thought, oh, wish I had a five string. And I'm like, and I just turned tuned the <laughs> the string. It just boom. There's your C sharp, you know.
1: <laughs> Plug like it right sharp, in. I love C sharp minor. I don't Do you like it. I love it? Yeah, because low <laughs> E, low E on the four string is that flatted third, and it sounds so great. Oh, cool. I think. Albert King on um, Born Under a Bad Sign. Mm. That's the one. C-sharp minor is the key. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. It is the way to go because you got. Um, here's the note. Yeah. There you go. It's we'll have a physical reference for every anecdote.
0: Of course we do, yeah. But you know what fascinates me? It seems like bass players and drummers have a secret language and I've never been like in on the conversation. I don't know how you guys learn this stuff, but there's such a synergy. And when you get the two of you together that can really understand each other and lock in, something magical is happening. What do you teach your students that that is or how to develop it?
1: It is, so if you're, <laughs> you're referring, it's like a vernacular, right? Yeah, Only yeah. understood by, yeah, well, if you, yeah. you're a product of your environment, if you, if you, if you spend enough time there, you'll figure it out. Hmm. But, uh, well, two things I want to mention that, um, so, you know, you grow up listening to really good music and then it, it would be like playing along with Ringo. You know, mm-hmm. I, we, with another student this morning, uh, there's already been a ton of music and it's only whatever, 1030. Um, <laughs> we did Oh, blah, di oh, blah, da. And we were commenting on how, how playful the bass line is. And I know you, you know it intimately because uh, <laughs> you play it. And, uh, <laughs> it's just so much fun. So it's, it's how you go about it. But, but anyhow, getting back to your question, the language of bass and drums is a, is a special place and um, I have to say that uh, the, the I feel like the bass puts pitch to the drums and the drums puts rhythm and widens the bass note when they when they play simultaneously
0: so,
1: mm. so that's a, a little bit of the magic or the ingredients to the magic but but anything's possible mm-hmm. um, and, and it's a well, I was just going to say that um, I have played with uh, some of the best drummers in the world. I've had the opportunity to play and, and f- get a taste. It's a taste of what <laughs> it feels like, metaphorically wow. speaking. Yeah, so even when, um, well, my my favorite is John Robinson, John J.R. Robinson. Drummer. Grad- yeah, drummer, graduated from Berkeley. And, um, but he was Quincy Jones's guy. And if, and and he was, he's on, you know, Rock With You with Michael Jackson. And he's on, he's on many, many tracks. Wow. I recommend people look, look him up, John J.R. Robinson. But we, we did this Berkeley event um, many, many years. And he, and he was always our drummer. So I would go out to LA and experience a weekend with him once a year. Did it for Mm. two years. And and so I got I got to taste what it feels like to rehearse and perform with one of the greats, and so it's very special. So that's my <laughs> paradigm. And then one year he before he started doing it, we got James Gadson. James Gadson is the wonderful drummer who who graced all the Bill Withers hits. Yes, all of them. And then before that, there's a. There's a there's a famous R and B funk song called Express Yourself, mm. Charles Wright and the hundred and the Watts one hundred third Street Band. <laughs> Anyhow, and it's and it's James Gatson on drums and Melvin Dunlap on bass. Melvin Dunlap is on all the Bill Withers hits as well. So you wow. talk about the rhythm section. See, you didn't you didn't disparately like call the drums. And then the bass, it's drums and bass, they're together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow, I got to feel, I got to do a weekend with, with James Gadsden, just one weekend, but I got to taste it.
0: But it and changed it, it, your life. <laughs>
1: it changed my life. And then every time I played with John Robinson, it changed my life forever. And yeah. then one time at Berkeley, Omar Hakim was the, uh, another, you know, famous wow. was our percussion chair. I think he only did it for one year. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. in that one year, there was a three-minute time that I, at the performance center, that <laughs> Victor Wooten threw. It was this bass weekend, and Victor Wooten kind of threw me a bass and said, "Here, you play with him." And um, and I did, and I got to taste it. So it's a taste. You know, mm. you go to a restaurant and you, and you taste food. Well, you can taste good music. And, and when you're in the act of playing it, it's all about the connection. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the, some of these drummers are really special. It's it, Drums, to me, because I don't play drums, it's magical how people do it. And, and uh, I guess for people who don't play bass, as you say, many people are attracted to to different things that maybe aren't as important as the things you, you just talked about, you know, the sound of the note, the attack. Mm. And, and the construction of a beautiful bass line and how that's going to work with the song. That's what I've spent my life doing as a student and as a teacher, and it's so much fun waking up to that every day. Mm -hmm. Although we did take a vacation, my wife and I, and (laughs) I met our son uh, on Nantucket, which isn't too far off the Cape, but um, for uh, three days. So three nights, four days, and I didn't bring my computer. I I said, I'm not I'm not gonna and I didn't have a bass and I, I I didn't sit in with the band and um it was it was liberating and, and a wonderful experience. But aside from that vacation, I'm pretty <laughs> much on this thing or these things. I see that I, at some <laughs> point every day and um Yeah.
0: That's how you keep your thing going. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a constant, you
0: know. Well, I play bass and drums here and there, you know, on some of my songs sometimes. It's been wonderful playing with uh, Steve Ferron, you know, playing with Tom Petty Records and uh, playing with Ringo. And those two are just, you know, the epitome of feel and groove and pocket and... You know, so many times when we're teaching, especially an ensemble or a group of students playing together, you say, okay, well, you're all playing at the same time. That's a fact, but you're not playing together. And that experience takes so much time. I mean, how would you describe pocket and groove and (laughs) locking in? Like, I think it's a little closer now because everybody's recording to a DAW and they tend to want to do things to the grid. And I say, well, you know how your grid is mathematical, and once you've set a tempo, all your quarter notes are defined. Well, so are all your subdivisions. So if you're strumming and it's out of sync, and you're not on sixteenths, or hitting the eighth correctly, or hitting even the downbeat correctly, you're going to see it. So record yourself, put yourself on the dot, see where that is. But you need to be able to do that in real time, in real life, not just fix it on a grid. And I love the human element that we all kind of dance around it. That's fine. But when there's nothing there to begin with, it's a real hard thing to explain to, to get folks to listen for. But maybe that's just very fine tuning. And of course, like anything else, it just takes time.
1: Yeah, well, if you put, you descri- all those things resonate that you're talking about. And um, if you put yourself into that environment, often uh, you'll just get better at it. It's like when you were describing the playing with people and stuff like that, I think of um, in the pocket, I think of a great dinner party. So you invite, you invite five <laughs> people over over your place because you think it's going to be some interesting conversation and whatnot. Now, that evening, if at the end of the evening you say, "Wow, what a wonderful evening," and then put your head on the pillow and that's it. <laughs> if tomorrow comes in you can do it again sometime but it was a great evening what made it great the conversation was wonderful it wasn't scripted it was improvised, improvise and one thing led to another and you don't have people talking at the same time you don't have two stories going simultaneously and um so it's all that intertwining and and you know like you mentioned steve ferrone on a Tom Petty record. I mean, that's a, when I'm in the car and that comes on the radio, I'm like, the, the, the drive just got better. Yeah. yeah, just the way you're moving, right? Life got better. <laughs> yeah, right. He's so strong, you know? So great. I mean, so I, I teach this, uh, I don't know if you do these, it's called, well, they call it, <laughs> at school they call it professional development. So this is a, 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 a a course that the students have to take to graduate and somehow I ended up teaching it and I teach two sections of it right so I'm adjunct to the liberal arts department nice and oftentimes I uh, probably every week in the class for 15 weeks I mention those words professional development
0: hmm what the heck is that
1: <laughs> but in the course of our uh, class uh, you right this 21 kids in the class say, if one person's telling a story and I have two people in back who start talking to each other, I'm like, wait a minute, pause on that story. And I address these two people in the back. I say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And get, get them focused. You gotta you gotta seize the moment and, and let let's let's let this person tell this story and then react to it. But what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing over there? on your phone what are you doing on your computer are you working on your like what are you doing Let's have a, and that's professional development i say if you're going to go to a bank for a, a loan to, to buy a car are you <laughs> are you going to now start doing something no it's you and you and the loan off you and the banker you got to have the banker trust you that you could pay them back like you're in you're developing a relationship here it's all about connecting and relationships so that's yeah playing music be so, here now man did I ever tell you uh, Ram Das invited me out to S- Santa Cruz California well wow. uh, I played bass on one of his meditation tapes nice yeah it was like 1978 or something like that. wow yeah um yeah, yeah you don't know is a, is a great
0: it's a George Harrison song and you know, this is the Dark Horse T shirt, so
1: Yeah. Yeah. At the yard. Yard. And It's Ram Das's award winning book.
0: Wow. Oh man. That's probably where he stole the title from. <laughs> I'll write a song about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you were gonna say something. I interrupted you.
0: I just love that once I started playing drums and I was playing bass from a very young age too, because it's so close to guitar, but it's still not the way you guys really play bass. Um, Drums made me think, wow, some of the songs I'm writing are just too boring to play to i got to kind of pick things up a little bit, try to find where some kind of pocket is and write something different, you know, because it's more fun to play to Al Green. (laughs) And it's more fun to play to, you know, Tom Petty and some of these other things. And I started to realize that drummers and bass players have a completely different upbringing and socialization because from the very beginning, they're needing to play with other people guitar players and piano players are like taught to be virtuosos and we can do the whole thing ourselves. And that's fine. But I know a lot of piano players and guitar players that have no sense of time or rhythm. You know, they just do whatever they do and they're fantastic. But if you say, come on, let's put it in a place where we can play together. They're just so used to playing by themselves and things wander that they, they can't, they can't, they've never had enough band experience. And that's a whole other world.
1: Yeah. Well, they got used to that solo environment. Yeah. I could always tell when a piano player has been a, like a, a, a solo. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And then I, so I, I say, well, I just tass it. I'm like, OK, you got the left hand. I guess I guess I could just chill out.
0: I'll wait for you to get to here because we were already here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or a great you know when you're you, so far ahead i'll catch up <laughs>
1: yeah I, I i have a nord right here i love playing piano and um i study like uh well the great rhythm piano players like aretha franklin she was a rhythm piano player yeah and, um, um uh what's his name um he's the musical director of the rolling stones why am i um he was with the Allman Brothers for a long time. He's from Georgia. He's a tree farmer. <laughs> Chuck Lavelle. Yeah. Chuck Lavelle is a beautiful piano player. He plays rhythm piano. Ooh. You know, it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah, there's wow. something to that. But it gets back to the dinner party or or, <laughs> or, the, or the ensemble that's just gonna click. It's not scripted. So I yeah. find and this is what, you know, we're both teachers for a long time. You have to convince the music student that the preparation you're going to work on is going to have value when you finally reach the ensemble. Right. And that's when you play with just five people in a basement. Or if you play, step it up. Let's go to the basement of the Unitarian Church in front of 50 people, right? <laughs> or, or a nightclub in front of 500 people. And... um. And then my, my friends who, who perform in front of thousands of people, you know, I speak to them about what, what that's like. It's all, it's all the same. It's it the is. Yeah.
0: But it's a mind game because so often guitar students, especially, they're like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that song or I know that song. And so you ask them to play it, but they can't play it. And then they say, well, do you know the riff? They go, yeah, I know that riff, but they don't play the riff correctly. And then it's like, okay, well, how well do you know this if we start to learn the song? Like what level could you perform this song? Could you be on stage tonight in front of 50 people, 500 people, 2000 people? Could you get psyched out if something goes wrong? Like are your songs bulletproof? Could you step in and be that person that you were just learning from off that record? Could you embody that? Can you imagine that? And And I'm... I'm always fascinated by like, what is the real stage volume of most acts, you know, because I've been in bands and performing all over New England on those touring bands for 17 years where the stage volume sometimes was insane. And I was always having to wear incredible noise canceling headphones or big minus 45 dB headphones because I couldn't hear anything besides the overwhelm. And if the lights are too bright, I can't hear. And if the Noise, you know, I can't see. And, and an audiologist told me that all those spots in the brain are the same spot. So all your senses are heightened. So if something is out of whack, all of them go out of whack. And I right. sort of, I, I kind of disconnect. I glitch. <laughs> you
1: know what? With all those scenarios you're talking about, it still comes down to, I was going to say two words, song form. <laughs> song form is everything. Is everything. and in fact one time uh my son charles and i we we were at a uh, dead and company show at, at at the td garden the boston garden and um we ended up it's a long story but we ended up during halftime uh having uh 10 minutes with with one of my favorite drummers bill Kreutzman, the grateful dead drummer and uh and it's so the first I've always loved, loved his playing like a lot. And um, uh, so sure enough, Charles and I get escorted in to, you know, like one of the Celtics dressing rooms, but it's, it was beautifully done up and some, some lovely chairs and lovely food and, and beautiful like flavored seltzers and, and one bottle of red wine that wasn't opened. but it was a really interesting scene. Anyhow, the first thing I, I said to him Um, after we were introduced, I said, man, I said, you know, one of the wonderful things about you being one of my favorite drummers is the way you play form. And so it's halftime and they played a long first set and he's sitting in, in like a comfortable chair like this. He's sitting like this, and I, I, I said that comment to him. I said, the way you play song form is something. And he gets up and he's like, song form? Song form is everything, man. Like everything. And then he comes <laughs> back and sits down and chills out. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking of like, uh, I'm, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. The... the the songs, it's not just binary sections. The songs are, they, they take dips and turns. And you have to know the song. And it goes with the lyrics. And the lyrics are very playful and fun. And um, you have to know it. And when you listen to a great song like that on, on their records, where he fills, where he makes the nexus into from one section to the other, the transition, it's exactly. always right on. It's exact. It's exact. He knows the, he knows the whole form. He knows he every de- lyric. He defines it for everybody. For everybody. So yeah. that's one of the things that, getting back to what we talked about a little while ago, you know, the bass and drums, how, how do you make that magical? Well, the first thing is, what, what the heck are you doing anyway? You're playing a song, <laughs> right? You're playing a song. So you get what back, the heck are you doing anyway? <laughs> if you, if you understand the song form, and I'm a big harmony geek, how, how do you end up at Berkeley without being into harmony? So that's that's just, yeah. the, that's just one of the components. The overall song form is 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 everything you you write some the few things that I've played on, and I by you have interesting song form, and I know you sent me one, and thank you. I have it i I, I I'll get you back on it. Thank you.
0: well, sometimes uh, you're so fast you're like, "Hey, send me something, and I send you a song, and in half hour, the there's this
1: happens. amazing bass line coming back to me i'll try i'll try thank you but I, I just find it interesting every song you know i have this is my desk in front of me i have paper like this that i can that i can chart stuff out on and then i have um music paper and it's just all around me there's just blank sheets of paper and then they get filled and when i fill up a book and i'm done with it i just throw it out because i'm ready for the next song i don't need to keep it around
0: Oh, you're putting in these, the song forms that you're working on I mean, of other songs, people? Yeah. making so I, notes.
1: Yeah, and I never ask you for a chart. No. No, no. because I want to make the chart. While <laughs> making the chart, I'm surveying the song. Yeah. If someone sends you a chart, they've taken the discovery out of the picture. That's no good. <laughs> right?
0: Well, uh, maybe, maybe, but there are very few people that can do that as well or as you, you learn how to do it you or my friend it. mike bishop he does it really well too um
1: but that's what i enjoy teaching music students how to do serving people and now, and now you create your own hieroglyphics, or I guess the, the correct... Symbols reason. to get people through it. Yeah, Well, history. yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm always encouraging my guitar students to take notes in some form or fashion in any way they can to remember that song. Because I'll say, okay, how are you going to remember your songs? How many songs have you written? They go, seven. I'll say, how do you remember them? He's like, I play them every day. I said, okay, well, I'm 63. I've got over 400 songs. I can't play them every day. I'm creating new ones. <laughs> Unless I'm doing a show coming up or some kind of tour or you know clinic or something, they're not under my fingers. There's too many other things to do, too many other instruments and recording things to learn. I'm I'm constantly growing, moving outward, you know, and well, that's forging. Nice. That's a nice way to be.
1: Yeah, I know. I know you keep
0: looking. forging forward constantly, as Paul McCartney would say. You know, uh, but I love that you're. This is why we grok so well together. Uh, making music together. And I think uh, understanding wise of what music is, because for us to have respect for the song is is mighty. you know. And I, that's what I love about your playing is, is that you do respect the song and you listen to it and you play the song. You don't just play the same thing you always play when C major seven goes to D minor seven. You're listening to what I'm saying and somehow, because it's more than just which notes, which chords, what key, what rhythm. It's like when people say, Oh, I've had teachers say, Oh, well, that song's just in the key of D. And that's nothing, you know, all I hear is minor thirds. Or uh, that's not much. It's like saying the Taj Mahal was just two by fours and a couple of molly bolts, and probably somebody used a screwdriver and a hammer. It's like you're missing the whole point. The whole point is it became a whole new thing. It had its own pulse, its own life and and you could feel its heartbeat and it, ha- it had something to say, a be- be- beginning, middle, and an end. It went somewhere it made you feel something as you wrote it, and it made someone else feel something as they listened to it. This is a whole new thing. It's not about that it's only in the key of D.
1: yeah, yeah and you, you said you said C major seven to D minor a seven. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at the, that forest behind you and, and I'm looking at possibilities. And <laughs> year, my ear went to, I'm going to put a G underneath that D minor seven. Now we have G sus. I love I, that. Yeah. You got some open space behind you in the clearing and well maybe let's put a b flat on it and now we have a big wide b flat major seven and now you're tripping me out because you're saying maybe you were <laughs> thinking of d so d is home i thought c was home anyhow so you have all these possibilities I'm stuff and off. that's why <laughs> have blank slate on every song that's what i love about it wow and so there's opportunity and then, and then there's your melody and then there's the rhythm. And then what if the bass doesn't play on beat one and, and all these, you have all these possibilities, you know? Well, that's why I
0: love what you played on, um, my song, the Secret Quantum song, Thank You. I mean, you just kind of... Hey, man, we were going trippy. You, you talked and you just kind of went. There was all these cool things you did on that. And then as soon as you heard that there was something in there that I did, you, like, you responded to it. It was really cool. And then recently on Beautiful Vision, you played on that one. And it was a song that obviously was modal and was in another tuning. And I, again, didn't send you a chart at your request. And... You went exactly Just for the rich, before, tasty notes that I was hoping for. And, and all you had was this very basic droning, acoustic guitar and vocal, and you came up with the coolest thing. And I guess you're saying that's how you did it. <laughs> Those pieces well, of
1: paper. For the song, but the, the, <laughs> yeah, you give, me, you give me an opportunity to contribute to it. And then, uh, and then there, there's, there's infinite possibilities well, you that know, once, once uh, I ended up, um, well, Herbie Hancock came to school for uh, it was like our 60th anniversary concert. Remember that? That was a I do. Yeah, and uh, the former president <laughs> had a had a brunch at his house. <laughs> Okay. We'll leave it at that. And um, uh, and and my wife, Jackie, and I uh, attended because we lived around the corner. Anyhow, Herbie's going here and there. And Jackie said, man, why don't you say hello? I'm like, well, I really want to say hello to him. But everybody's kind of like following him. And <laughs> So at one point, I go to get a coffee in this alcove of the kitchen. I'm all alone. And who walks in to get, I think he was having tea, but our friend HH, H. Herbie Hancock. And we had, my wife timed it because she was with uh, one of our neighbors. And she said, man, you know, he's been looking to talk with Herbie Hancock and now they're, they're in that alcove. I wonder how long they're going to be left alone. 43 minutes. Oh, that's fantastic. We had a wonderful conversation and... Um, a joyful time um, about life, and of course music, and uh, wow. and he he uh, his record possibilities had had come out uh, where he does all these um, duets and, and and group performances with different people on every track, and mm. then subsequently his book that he entitled Possibilities came out, his autobiography. But he loves the word, and he was talking about. That that word and and um, wow and the choices that he had and then he also talked about yin and yang like because I'm I'm mentioning stuff like I'm a big Lee Morgan fan trumpet and, and he played on Ciora it's a beautiful bossa nova and uh, <laughs> the the, the melody is kind of pointed like bum bum booty boom like that and but he does an intro he said Lee Morgan said why don't you take the intro and it's just like, it's just flowing like water. And it doesn't have those sharp points to it. And he said, well, I just figured I'd, I'd contrast it uh, because I knew what was coming. So you know, <laughs> to think like that, you have possibilities. But then interesting, he said, you know, I was pretty young when when we did that record for Blue Note and I wasn't like really in, in like the way I became. and." Uh, they went back into the control room and, and they were listening. And he said, after the intro, once the melody came in, Lee Morgan looked at him and went, yeah. And Herman said, I felt like I've become a member of the club. It was a great story. Oh, absolutely. It's, absolutely. All, it's all about the yin and the yang. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's <laughs> that gets back to uh, why some, some ensembles, gel, some don't, why some songs work, why some don't. But then everybody has different tastes. You can go to a restaurant, not like the whole menu, but you could still have a good time. Mm. And uh, that's this, you remember Rich Appleman? Oh, sure. Yeah, the best. And, and that was, he always, wonderful. when he used to teach, yes, wonderful person. When he used to teach, he would always bring up the restaurant concept. That was huh him that that people can still have a good time and not like everything on the menu oh i love that and even playing music and appreciating music if you have that kind of a mindset you'll enjoy life a little bit more that was so smart of him and mature oh he's just he's great Great,
0: that reminds me of uh, the philosophy of abraham hicks I, i really like their teachings and you can listen to tons of stuff of theirs on youtube and They're always saying that life is a gigantic buffet and everything is on it, but you don't have to put everything on your plate and you don't have to outlaw Tabasco sauce if you don't want it in your oatmeal, you know, and it's like, (laughs) it's so fantastic, you know, it's like, we don't need a law against this and a law against that. Just put on your plate what you like, you know, and I remember a friend of mine saying he stopped to get gas and his uh, father was already telling his like five-year-old son, we hate this Team, but we love that team, you know, and they were talking about sports. And my friend was pumping his gas, going, Why can't he just say, Love your team? Why does there have to be a hate that team or hate any other opposition team? Just love your team. Just love your God. Just love your life, you know, like it's so easy. I just don't understand why people make things so complicated about everything and get all uptight about everything. And one of the things I've ever noticed always noticed about you. I don't think I've ever seen you even in a bad place emotionally. You know, like you'd like always bring it. You're like, I'm here now. This is what I got to do. And this is how I turn this on. And I always wondered, how did you learn that? How did you practice that?
1: I mean, you know, tragedies happen and, 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 and bad things happen. And once they happen, you realize, well, it's already happened. You know, like my dad, he passed away uh, um, in the early night, maybe ninety in ninety one, and uh, he was a great person and a great artist, and always encouraged me to um to do my thing. And uh, so he passed away, and after like after that, well, the worst already happened. So I can't change it, but I. But prior, that's just one event. As I'm, I have his artwork all over the place. Yeah, I got to show you one of them. Okay, so you mean visual artist? That's awesome. Yeah. Look at this
0: one. Oh, that's fantastic!
1: Wow. And you can put it any way, any way you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, he 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 was into some wild stuff.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, you know who he? Well, it's a whole big story, but.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I remember you telling me uh, different things about him, and and even I did. I already mentioned him to you. Well, you had—I didn't know he was a painter, but you had mentioned uh being with him, and and he was saying, "Let's not get all crazy about this," you know, like he was trying to help you. Oh. Get, get used to the idea. That. that was a hard. It would be a hard you, moment for any of us.
1: Yeah, it, it's when he was dying. Yes. I told you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> he, <laughs> well, that's a crazy story. We don't have to get into that. Yeah, but, that's why I didn't really but, get yeah. specific well, about the story, because I didn't I know. It. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I told you that. But I keep this um, on my shelf. This is a, man, this is the drawing that... Um, we were moving my mom out of her place and she passed away last year, but she had a very long life, 96 years. Oh, that and is I, a really good life. Yeah. But we were moving her out of her place. And like, good I month. was the last person to, to get rid of uh, some boxes that, that were trash and I, I moved the stuff out and then I was going to leave and, uh, and come back to new England. So I was on my own getting rid of all this trash and I saw the trash, People come, they picked it all up, and then I went outside just to bring some of the barrels in. And this was on the ground, okay? Just so check this out. That is a drawing my father did that I had never seen before. Of the two of them? Of, of No, that's me. and That's, that's you? Him keeping, oh. an eye out, keeping an eye out for me. Oh, I love that. Because he's he drew a lot. He made just drawings all over the place. He filled books with it. So yeah. in terms of like that was his medium. Drawing. To express
0: his his everything to you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I you know, you, you you carry you carry these things with you in in life. So if it's
0: yeah
1: a more of a, a sanguine approach to life, look, try to be optimistic, look on the on the bright side of things. Yeah. Do it do it a lot. And and that'll come out. That'll come out in your music making. That'll come out in your relations with with your partner in life, with everybody, you know? Yeah. You try your best. Because re- bad things do happen.
0: Yeah, it's like 50-50 most of the time. Yeah. I, I remember reading a book called Learned Optimism, and uh, it was just saying you've got to practice it. You know, like anything else, practice what energy level, what vibration you're at. And I've been getting into all kinds of things like that ever since the 80s, really, between positive thinking and uh, I'm okay, you're okay kind of books and mm-hmm. psychology and uh, certainly brain training with like Dana Wilde and Brooke Castillo and all these life coaches. I think Tony Robbins was one of those earlier ones, but all that stuff makes such a difference how you can change your state of mind with just a thought. You know, I could think of any of those sad things that have happened in my life and just go down the tubes because one thought leads to another. And before you know it, you've got momentum going in the wrong direction. So you've got to put in a new thought and get those spiraling in the right direction. And the better you feel, the better everything is. I mean, because we're talking about moments of our life and our breath today, right now. You know, So why have a bad day every day, hour after hour after hour, just being the same person by thinking the same very low vibration thoughts when you have a choice. Uh, my friend Kate Chadbourne is an awesome musician and author and teacher. And she's always saying life is focusing school. And you are the only one that are think- that's thinking in your brain. You're creating the whole thing. And I used to say to my classes and my students early on, you make or break your whole life right up here, right between here. And um, people think that's not important to teach. And it's like, it's everything. I I hated the fact that there was 12 years of school without any talk about how to look after your money, how to look after your thoughts and emotions, and how to look after your health. And those three things, you're sunk. It doesn't matter how many freaking modes you know. You're sunk without those three things.
1: You know? Very true. Very true. (laughs) Can you be, um, are you going to be at school uh, in the fall? Yes. Yeah. Well, if, if 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 you're free during one of my um, professional development classes, I'd love to have you in to interview you in front of the.
0: That would be fun. And, and it would be I great. could always invite my classes at that time if if there's, if there's a conflict. Just yeah, if- make a party of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that would that would be that would be wonderful.
0: Let me ask you this. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways. I feel like in a lot of ways that. Um, Jazz teaching at Berkeley is sometimes misrepresented because the focus is so much on improv and in the moment responding and just focusing on, you know, reacting to those other players, everything else, that they're not teaching the song so that folks think that improv is the most important thing. And there's such an emphasis on that. And it takes so long to develop that, that you can understand why people just learn changes to songs. They don't learn the melody. They don't learn the song form. But this is why all their solos sound the same, because they're not playing the song. And if they don't write their own songs, they don't have any respect for the song because it's just a a vehicle to skate upon. And then I'm always thinking, if Ella Fitzgerald was alive or Oscar Peterson or Wes Montgomery, none of those folks would get on stage tonight in front of 60,000 people and play a song they'd never heard of and improvise on it. It just wouldn't happen. Their ears were tuned, they knew the song inside and out. If you changed key on one of those folks, they'd probably throw you out of the band. You know, you'd be fired from that gig. You didn't throw them curveballs and they didn't go in unprepared to a certain degree but all the teachers i had were like don't practice your solos and don't uh you know all the all these things that weren't what it actually is and it's like you've got to know the song and then here's all those changes all these ideas come because there is a language there is a vocabulary and there is a style to different types of blues or different types of bebop and yeah
1: what's the question I mean, I, I, I hear everything you're saying. I hear yeah, I, I'm, I guess,
0: yeah, I didn't have a question there. It's oh, just, would, but, you, but, would you agree that they wouldn't play songs they didn't know if it wasn't a blues? Y-
1: yes, I mean, and when, when you, uh, I'm, I'm hearing everything you're saying. It was great. And, and when you said Ella Fitzgerald, I mean, when you hear her scat on a tune, it's profound, Yes. It's as erudite as you'd ever want, and it's down in the street as you'd ever want, and everything yes. in between, right? So, yeah, there's probably modes in there, and there's probably soulful just singing that that, that, that people people did, and they had no idea what the modes were. It was just or, uh, traditions that were passed orally. And every It's just like, forget about it. The, hear the- it, the- hear it,
0: feel it, hear it, feel it. Oh, my God.
1: But you mentioned song form again, and I told you by meeting Charles and I with Bill Kreutzman, (laughs) it's
0: everything. It is everything. Well, this is why it's so interesting to me, because I'm sure after Howard Roberts, Ella Fitzgerald, Wes Montgomery, uh, Tommy Mottola, uh, Johnny Smith, when there was such great musicians in the world, all this great jazz, all this great blues, and the Beatles came on the scene, I could see people looking at the very simple progressions and the simple playing of each of them and say, there's nothing with great musicianship happening here. But they miss the whole point. It's never about who can play the most notes or it's the best musicianship. It's about what does it feel like? What is it doing for you? And the same thing happened when Pat Matheny came up through the ranks. I'm sure yeah. Every guitar teacher in the department who didn't know him thought, who is this young kid, what is he doing, he doesn't know anything. And they missed the whole point again. And you know who the two favorite guitar players are of Pat Metheny? The same two guitar players that are my favorites, George Harrison and James Taylor. Because they make you feel something. And they give you something that you can hum and whistle and and enjoy. And it's different for every song. Which is not what happens when you're being taught jazz and it's just this mode to that mode. Because you're going to play your favorite licks. And as Mick Goodrick would say, you're just playing your beef stew. You're not saying anything.
1: Right. Well, you're speaking about a language. And when people understand the language, the emotion transmits through that language. It's It's not just... Uh, a, a definition. I mean, of, of a word. You you feel it. You get it. And so to learn music that way, it, it gets back to um, you. Got to know the song. So you know, I, I mentioned that Herbie Hancock get together.
0: What a beautiful thing! I think that's so exciting. Yeah. So that um, you got to spend time with him. Oh man. Both, doo
1: the bass player the bass player has to know the melody so they could play the chords absolutely I got him up now he's going to turn around <laughs> to so you know what i mean yeah you got so because you're talking about berkeley what does berkeley train you to do i say who knows <laughs> Well, you know, it, it trained me to drop out i dropped out did you, did you drop out and then you ended up teaching there and then I finished. Oh, okay. We, yep. So when were you there? I dropped in uh, uh, '77 for fall, spring, and summer, and then joined the James Montgomery Band, joined the Pousset Dart Band. So for nine so years, you were touring all those cool people. Yep. And that's where I learned everything that thing thing. I, got, I got introduced to in school, learned that. Then Rich hired me to teach, and he said, you know, you could, you could, uh, finish your degree if you want for free now that you're that you're on faculty and my wife had already had her degree from from northeastern so oh, that's like, so cool with my wife's encouragement she said you know you should do this it really makes sense for you to have a degree if you're going to teach i didn't know no. how my career was going to go i just no. never thought i was going to be a college professor Me either. It All worked out right of course of course yeah
0: so. i was just an artist and they said you should teach here and i was like I, you know, I like to create music and <laughs> keep doing the new thing, not the same proficiency thing or this thing or that thing, you know, but
1: I, 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 uh,
0: it became I, a uh, natural thing because, you know, whatever field you field love field. And, and you're learning, you can just come back and share and it just becomes an easy thing.
1: But you, you're, that, you're, you're always a student. So yeah. I, I was a better student. I would teach a class and then mm. I would the students to counterpoint or conducting. But I was a better student now in my thirties and now to have oh, uh, sure. a teacher like uh, Henry Tate. Oh yeah. Art, teaching art history. Now I have appreciate, an appreciation for it where I think back when I was 18 at Berkeley mm. at first, all I wanted to do was play this bass and uh, I didn't understand. I couldn't have understood where Henry was coming from. And Henry was so cool. When I was taking uh, uh, a class that art history with him, you know, we meet at the MFA, and he he just he just he'd ask us to describe what we saw. Meanwhile, in the classroom, he would he would tell us about the history of the time and all these religious things that were going on. They were portrayed in the in the painting, and people would say what they what they saw, what they thought about. And then Henry would stroke his beard and he'd say, let me tell you what I see. Oh, it would be like, just- Super, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he'd take you inside this painting. So I feel like as music teachers, that's what we do with our students. And if you're gonna learn Lee Morgan's Ciara or, or James Taylor's Caroline On My Mind, it's the same language, it's music.
0: Mm. You
1: know, so just how to how to do that and how to how to prepare yourself so that you could go out, you the student could go out and enjoy, reap the benefits of of making music and seeing people in an audience forget all their troubles in the world in mm. that two-hour time slot. It's a beautiful thing. So it really is. Yeah. So and why? How, how can you be upset when that's your living? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then we both share that. I, and again, I wish I knew the the subject matter at that meeting that you and I were at, because we, we met on the street after that meeting. We both like, <laughs> we're probably- hey, I, 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 I want to be, be friends with you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. I don't know. There's just... So many ways to come at all of this and all the different teaching perspectives are important and all the different learning perspectives are important, but that matching up when the right teaching style merges with the right learning style, it's a wonderful gig. It really is.
1: It's, it is wonderful. You know, I, I, I first try to speak with the student, get to know them, get to know where they're coming from, what, what they've listened to. It's, it's not the same, uh, Syllabus for every student. No. no it can't binary. be. Yeah. Because yeah.
0: they have a whole different frame of reference, and in some cases, no frame of reference. Then you've got to help them guide them to go get one, you know?
1: Right. But I'm big into the discovery thing. So, you know, to, for someone to look up a chart, uh, I'd rather just, just tell me what you hear, and let's just start from that. And let's invent our hieroglyphics. And then from there, we'll yeah. How to how to write that chart, but I'm 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 glad that I never asked you for a chart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Coming back to telling my students how do you remember your songs, I get them to say, "Look, just take a video, make a recording, write it down any way you possibly can. Certainly, write down what tuning you're in and where your capo was, just so you have jumping off places to start from six months from now, twenty years from now, and you can enjoy it again." It, it's kind of a drag to have to figure out stuff that came to you as a gift by ear because you weren't a good steward of the idea and didn't write down any of your own symbols to remember how to play it.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen any of those books by Alan Lomax and his dad? They really did have hieroglyphics. They no. were the original, um, what's the word, um, ethnomusicologists. Okay, you no. Know? yeah. And so they have these, like the plantation recordings of Muddy Waters. And they, they have it figured out oh, he went up. Oh. He slurred up a minor third. But they had ways of writing it. I don't know if they called it a minor third. But yeah. You should, I, I'm going to show you something.
0: Is you it get real art- visual and artistic like? Oh, it looks fantastic.
1: It's, it's, so it's, it's cool symbolism, cool art. Yeah. That's fun. I'm, I'm interested in how anybody charts out anything.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing, too, because I don't feel like you can chart out enough information, you know, like, well, I can't been, wait to, I, I can't wait to talk to Sandy Cott about it, because as a violin professor, you know, she's playing music that has thousands of years tradition. And it's up to the conductor to sort of bring out from each section what they want, and yet Because she's playing in a section, she learns, like a horn player, how to play together. So they all have to do it short or long or sustained or legato or pizzicato. or They they learn how to phrase together. And when she came over to play a couple of measures for one of my songs, The Garden, she asked me, how do you want me to play this? Because I didn't put down any bowing. And she said, sing it to me once. But before I did that, she played it 14 different ways. And each one had a different feel and emotion and an energy. And it was just awe-inspiring and jaw-dropping. And I thought, my God, if I put those little measures in front of any guitar player that just go ding, dink, dink, ding ding, ding. This is the notes, this is the rhythm, this is all that's there. And it's never all that's there. And you can't notate enough to make it sound like Pat Metheny or Eric Clapton or the difference of George Harrison or James Taylor or Buddy Fight or anybody that you can imagine, yeah. Leland Sklar. You know, like you need, that's the personality part that is so gorgeous and how they say it, right? Like how many infinite ways can you say a line in a film what are you feeling? What's
1: the motivation? Who are you talking well, to? No, it comes back it's to
0: everything. It's everything.
1: It comes back to uh, the possibilities, and if yeah, it's everything. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. If you think of your music creating in that light, that you do have choices, and then ultimately you have, you, you pick one, and that's the one that you release. Those are the parts that ended but, up.
0: But I found the I found those things difficult to because I was trying to notate all that stuff. It's too much ink on the page. You just can't do it. <laughs> you have to use your ear. And I think it's really good then for a, any player to visit and really step into the shoes of like 14 different players so that they learn how to talk in different ways. Yeah. You know, because that stuff is the most important stuff and they, everybody does it differently. You know, but if you, have that, if you have that framework, then you really have some options.
1: Yeah. But that's why in the in the first uh, meeting uh, with a student at school, I'll say, you know what, let's play something. So I'll get on the piano and they're a bass student. And I'll say, well, oh, cool. yeah, do you know, um, you know, you mentioned James Taylor. Of course, it's Carol King to him. But I'll say, do you know you've got a friend? Yeah. they will say, yeah. and I'll say, all right, let's play it. And, they'll, and then they'll say, well, do you have a chart? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then, you know what? But now now our work together has started. I said, okay, listen, it starts here. Let's just take it from there. And now now we have a mentor-mentee relationship. Wow. Because, because we're working with a song. And now I could really see. Because the student said, yeah, I know that tune. But see, they don't know it. But no. they somehow know it because they've heard it. Yeah. But I also want to teach you to be honest. If you're going to tell someone in a – and we're trying to train – people to become professional musicians if you say that you know a song you yeah. better well be able to play it yeah um lauren you know what i have a i have a student right that's now. that's fantastic well yeah. this
0: is an ongoing lifetime conversation that's of course it there's is. no end to this no bottom no
1: no, thank no. You for inviting me Though, You're
0: guess. the coolest. I've been wanting to have this conversation. Just to hang with you this long is, is miraculous. So
1: I should have. I I'm going to send you a picture from out there. But uh, but this is where I spend a lot of time. Uh,
0: I love it. And I love the slant in the back there. And yeah, I have a room like that, too. It's wild. Thank you so much. You're just a monster friend, monster musician,
1: uh-huh. fantastic,
0: cool person. And <laughs> I just love your philosophy on things and, and your your energy you just put out good vibes everywhere and
1: that's like, why everybody hope, loves you i hope i hope to put some of those on the latest song that you sent me please do yeah
0: yeah that'd be great
1: all right love you take
0: good care love you too bye-bye and visit danny Moe's website in it's take in the danny Moe method for bass by his books Go study with him online. He's a super friend, fantastic musician. I'm so glad we had this talk today. Thanks, Danny. Go check out YouTube. Go to my webpage, laurenpassarelli.com. El Paso Guitar has a bunch of little clips. And you can watch these talks. Thank you for tuning in. Keep making music.